Welcome to Motherhood Feels. Hindsight is 2020. I'm Dr. Jill Garrett, a licensed psychologist who specializes in maternal mental health and host of Motherhood Feels. Hindsight is 2020. Stay tuned for a thought-provoking Motherhood Feels debrief with seasoned mom Danny Colding. Danny is a mom to three children, a small business owner with her husband Jason in Jacksonville, Florida and is much too modest to call herself a quote-unquote influencer, but I will. Check her out on Instagram at thecoldcraftsman, all one word, and you'll see what I mean. In addition to wearing all these hats, Danny has a charm and sweet spirit that people who are lucky enough to know her can all agree are just a portion of the great package of a person that she is. Check her out next. Danny. Hi, Jill. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's start with finding out a little bit of background on who you are. Sure. Well, uh, I am a mother to three. I have a almost seven-year-old whose birthday is this week named Tanner. And then my middle child is Winnie and she is five. And then I have a 22-month-old named McRae, our little wild man. Um, my husband's name is Jason. We work together. Um, we have a small business where I kind of do the bookkeeping. He kind of does everything else. Um, I am part-time there, part-time at home, you know, trying to keep the house going, (laughs) Um, run all the kids stuff, all the stuff with school, you know, all that fun stuff that all the moms know, keeping uh, like 9,000 things jungled on the plate all at once in my head. Um, The director. The director, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, For fun, I kind of do some blogging. Um, Started that when my husband and I first got married. He worked night shift and I needed something to kind of occupy myself. So I kind of created this little space um, and that's evolved with me into motherhood, into all home good things, things for fun. Let's just pause there because I met you and before I had even met you, I knew of you (laughs) and I had heard, oh my gosh, you've got to see her blog, her website, her Instagram, and she's an influencer. Oh my gosh. She has so many cool things. (laughs) You're so so sweet. That makes me sound way cooler than I am. (laughs) Well, you were, uh, you came very highly recommended as an individual and now I know you you, and the same, the same goes for you as a, as a person too. Um, so thanks for the background. Yes. Let's think a little bit. Um, you obviously have talked through your children. You have been a mom for almost seven years as of Friday. Yes. And, um, you have probably a very interesting journey to motherhood. So tell us a little bit about what it was like to decide to pursue being a mom. Sure. Um, I always find that like question when people talk about it in relationships, it's so funny um, because it's such a weird thing to be like, all of a sudden now we try for a child. Um, But uh, my husband and I were living in DC. Um, I was going to grad school up there and we kind of thought about buying a house up there and the market was way too crazy. So we um, decided we'd move back to Jacksonville knowing that eventually we wanted to start a family. Um, And it was a much more affordable place to live. So um, we moved back. And a few months later, we were like, all right, we're settled. We love Jacksonville. We're back in Florida. Should we start a family? Um, And sure enough, uh, the first try, it happened, which I don't take lightly because I know that's not the case for everybody. Um, But yeah, it was just a one-time try and boom, you know, you see those lines on the stick and you're like, wow, it's really happening. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that is how Tanner 
came into existence. I think you make a very good point because as we as moms and people are talking to other moms and people, everybody's journey is so different. And there are some people who, like you said, are, you know, having one one experience and then um, you're getting kind of a, a exciting news and then other people who are um, doing all the things and it's just not working. So that's very yes, um, yes. thoughtful of you to say that. Thank you. Um, so you w- moved through um, pregnancy and I'm curious what your pregnancy felt like. How did, were you physically doing okay? What were your emotions like during pregnancy for Tanner? Um, so with Tanner, it was a really easy start to pregnancy. Um, I thankfully really had no sickness. It was kind of like one of those, am I really pregnant? Mm-hmm. Um, until I started showing, you know, with my first, maybe like 16, 18 weeks had the little bump going. Um, so it was honestly smooth sailing, um, which I know is not the case for everyone. So again, I try not to take, rub that into people's face. Um, but so then around like 30 weeks, flash word, of course, it can't always be easy. Uh, I started swelling really bad mm. and I thought, Hmm, this is, you know, I know they say people swell, but it was, you know, couldn't see my feet type of thing. Um, and so around like 30 weeks, I went to the doctor, my, um, hands started going numb too. Maybe it was like 30, 32 weeks. And the doctor was like, I was driving for work. They were like, do you want me to like write you out on short-term disability? Um, you know, if you really can't feel your hands and you have to be driving around, like, why don't you just like cool it? Um, cause you are swelling a lot. And mm-hmm. so, um, like 32 weeks I stopped working, um, and the swelling just kind of continued. And, you know, the doctor would be like, oh, it's pretty normal. But again, I was like, this is weird. Um, And so I had a friend who had preeclampsia. And I feel like it was kind of like in my head, like swelling equals preeclampsia, which is not the case at all. But in my mind, I was like, felt like that's what I was headed for. Um, Fast fast forward, uh, 37 weeks, I have, you know, my last like four week appointments where they uh, 36 weeks on have an appointment every week, right? right? So 37 weeks, they take my blood pressure at my appointment and it was just like a little bit high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of just, you know, sent me on, they weren't worried about it. And later that day I was at the grocery store and I was like, you know what, let me sit and like take my blood pressure again at like one of those, you know, self, um, blood pressures. And it was super high. Mm. Um, the bottom number was like one Oh five. And so I've kind of heard that was, you know, a concerning thing. And so I sat, I tried to stay calm, took it again like 15 minutes later I called my husband and then I called the OB and they were like do you feel okay and I was like yeah you know I honestly I feel fine and they're like okay well if you're able to drive yourself like we need you to come back into the office um and again I was there that morning and so I got there and it was still crazy high and they were like you need to go over to labor and delivery um so I was there um they, I think they gave me some medication and they watched my blood pressure all night. And the next morning they were like, we're going to collect, um, a urine sample for the preeclampsia, um, to see if you have the protein in your urine. And they were like, you know, if you have a high amount, like you're probably not leaving here. So I stayed that night. Um, Jason went to work the next day. I stayed there giving the, you know, every time I had to pee, put it in the nice little jug Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you're carrying around with you. And, uh, so yeah, sure enough, my uh, OB comes in that night and Jason had come back to the hospital and he was like, um, yeah, so, you know, you definitely have preeclampsia and you're 37 weeks, you're super swollen. We don't want to start you on the magnesium because that's kind of a whole beast in and of itself. So you're going to have a C-section tomorrow morning. Um, wow. 
and kind of just was like, buckle up. Oh, God. Probably not what you were expecting. Not what I was expecting. So, you know, totally blindsided because you just don't expect things to happen like that with your first. So Mm -hmm. I was super, I was, you know, unprepared um, and going through all the feels. But, you know, of course, just wanted like a, you know, healthy baby. Yeah. Well, I just am thinking about from the get-go with the not being able to feel your hands, the swelling. That would have been quite anxiety provoking for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so to then move through and get this news, I'd imagine that came as quite a shock. And um, then what happened next? Um, It did come as a shock. So uh, the next morning I was carted off to the um, OR and, um, you know, my husband was there. My parents drove up um, late the night before so that way they could be there in the morning at the hospital um and I had the c-section and um you know the procedure itself went fine um and he was born and then we get rolled back to the room together and we're trying to nurse you know right away like they love you to do mm-hmm. and I honestly the part is a little um unclear because you know all the meds, as you know, you have a C-section. Um, I, I don't know if he wasn't, you know, nursing right or if he wasn't crying. I think it was he wasn't crying a lot. So they, like, you know, pulled him away from me and immediately started looking at him, checking at him. And next thing you know, he's being um, whisked away to the NICU. Mm. And so he had swallowed some fluids um, in the C-section. And the way they explained it to me was if you had had a vaginal birth, um, that stuff would have kind of get pushed out of his lungs. Um, or out of his mouth um, when you make it through the birth canal. And so since he was born C-section, he happened to swallow those fluids. Um, and so his lungs kind of needed to dry out. Um, so he was in the NICU for eight days. Wow. And so yeah. what was that experience like? Um, it was it was tough. Um, I think, you know, they kind of always said that he was one of the healthier babies in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And I think that gave me a lot of hope. But again, this was like nothing how you expect your first baby to go. Um and so there I was. I actually got discharged on my birthday mm. from the hospital. So mm-hmm. I was leaving the hospital without my baby on my birthday, which was, you know, obviously felt terrible. Um, but, you know, I came in every day and I was like pumping like it was my job. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, you know, so prideful on like, I'm going to pump and I'm going to bring my baby milk to the NICU. So I visited as much as I could. You know, I'd spend all day there. Then I'd come home and have dinner um, with Jason and then we'd go back up. Um, for the last feeding of the night before we came back home. Um, and thankfully it was only, you know, an eight day stay, but. Well, eight days or more or less, I think when you have NICU in the equation, it uh, certainly is uh, stressful. Absolutely. Yeah. So then you get Tanner home finally. Yes. <laughs> and what did it feel like to be at home? You had had a birthday and now your baby is home too. What did it feel like? What was your experience like in the postpartum period after having Tanner? Um, you know, it was it was pretty joyous. Um, you know, I always wanted to be a mom. And so thankfully, um, that part did go pretty smooth. The nursing was probably one of the harder things to deal with while being home. Um, you know, he I was again, exclusively pumping while he was in the NICU. Um, I tried to maybe nurse him one time, but, uh, you know, there I am like late night feedings, trying to nurse him, not knowing what I'm doing. And so after a few weeks I gave up nursing to just exclusively pump. Um, so that was probably the biggest shocking thing. You know, you hear people say it's hard, but nothing prepares you 
until you're actually in the moment trying to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And as an exclusive pumper, I also um, found that to be really hard. Sure, um, sure. And so can totally relate to that. Yeah. Um, so you had Tanner and you were working on the feeding stuff. How were you doing emotionally? Were you feeling okay? Having a harder time? Um, with Tanner? Uh, no, thankfully, I was honestly doing pretty good. Um, I was excited to make the transition to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, after he was born, we decided that I wouldn't go back to work. Um, so I was just really soaking up the newborn bliss. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there were definitely days where it was lonely, but I just tried to make friends, um, and build some community with, you know, other moms who had newborns or kids around the same age. That way we could meet up during the day and hang out. Um, but other than that with, you know, I was, I was lucky with Tanner. Well, smart move because, um, you have quite a network and, um, you're also very personable and have been really, as a person who knows you, I always see how you are connecting with other people. So I imagine you did a very good job of that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so let's shift over and you've got three children. (laughs) I do. So let's move on to Winnie, which I will just fully disclose, um, is how we met a bit more because as Winnie and my daughter are BFFs. Yes, um, inseparable. <laughs> so that's how we got to get connected. So tell me a little bit about what your experience was in terms of a pregnancy um, and delivery for Winnie. Sure. Um, so with Winnie, having had the C-section with Tanner, I was pretty um, dead set on trying for a VBAC with her. Um, I did not switch providers, which um, I learned in the end was probably a big mistake for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the pregnancy was a little bit different as in I had a lot of morning sickness. Um, I mean, really sickness all day for the first trimester, which, you know, was a totally new experience. Um, which not to get like crazy with the genders, but it definitely made me think, Oh, could this be a different gender? Um, because you know, it was total polar opposite experiences. Um, but once that kind of subsided, maybe around 14 weeks, um, you know, is smooth sailing and, uh, you know, I told my provider from day one that I wanted to have a VBAC and, you know, he didn't seem overly um, supportive of it, but he was like, yeah, yeah, you'd probably be, you know, a good fit um, to attempt that. So, you know, we'll just see as it gets closer. I did have to go to the high risk doctor um, due to having the preeclampsia the first time. Right. So I had extra eyes on me and uh, they did extra, you know, scans and um, ultrasounds. And at a 37 week ultrasound, they were like, Oh, this baby's measuring small, which, you know, the whole time there was no issues. Um, again, very thankful for that. And at 37 weeks, they said, um, this baby has utero growth restriction. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they said she was maybe about like five pounds and he knew I wanted to have a VBAC. So he was like, if this baby doesn't come naturally within the next two weeks, like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to have another C-section. Um, and so that was really hard for me to process. And I think even at 37 weeks, I called a few providers, <laughs> like switch. a crazy person <laughs> trying to switch. Um, and everyone was like, I am sorry. Uh, you know, that's a lot going on. And, uh, so yes, I was not successful at switching, which was my own fault, but, um, so yeah, I did not go into labor, mm-hmm. um, in those two weeks. So there I am, 39 weeks, having another C-section. Yeah. Yep. You had done it before. I'd was done it before. It, um, a little bit different knowing what to expect having a second C-section? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely, you know, 
getting wheeled back there. Actually, I think I walked back mm-hmm. um, for the second one, mm-hmm. whereas with Tanner having the preeclampsia, they wheeled me back. So yes, it was a lot less nerve wracking um, knowing what I was getting into and knowing what recovery would be like. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, Winnie arrives. Yep. She and, arrives. Um, what do you recall about uh, her delivery and getting home with her? Um, well, I, I remember being like, all right, let's hope, you know, we don't have the same issue with the um, fluid in the lungs. And thankfully we did not. She was born and she started nursing <laughs> like she was made to do it. That's amazing. Um, and so we had a really great, you know, bonding the first few days while recovering um, and just a totally different experience. Um, she also did not weigh uh, the you know, five pounds. She was like six and a half pounds. And I remember that was like the first thing the doctor screamed out. They were like, oh, this is not a small baby, which, you know, she was small, but not, you know, anything concerningly small. Right. Um, and so get home with Winnie and there I am, a mom of two little kids. Wow. Um, Tanner was 19 months. So they were pretty close in age. Oh my goodness. Um, and then it just, you know, it was, it was happy and newborn blissy again in the beginning, but definitely around like a month or two months, um, I had some postpartum depression going on for sure. Yeah. And how did you notice that, um, my senses mood was down or lower and was it playing out in your day to day in terms of how you were interacting or how you were engaging with the world around you? Yeah. Um, I would say it was felt like a pretty sudden switch because again, she was born and for the first few weeks it seemed happy. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, doing things like just cooking a meal seemed hard. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of knew something wasn't right. Um, you know, had some intrusive thoughts, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I, maybe it was my six or what was it, six week appointment. Yeah. Six week follow up. Um, you know, I think I said, Oh, I feel, I feel a little bit down and they offered me, you know, a prescription and I just didn't wind up taking it. Um, and you know, I, I was like, I'm going to beat this on my own type of thing, which mm-hmm. Looking back, I was thankful that I did, but, you know, I know that it would have been helpful to definitely talk more openly about how I was feeling. Right, right. And so for you, um, I think a lot of times with uh, lower mood and depression, particularly in a perinatal experience, there is that tendency to just say, I wish I could just kind of get out of here, mm-hmm. um, even though you love your babies, you love yep. your family. Sure. I'm wondering if you noticed anything like that when you were in this low space. Uh, great question. I think I definitely um, did have those feelings. Um, and I think I just had too much shame around kind of admitting it. I definitely shared with my husband that I was feeling really low. Um, I remember a few nights he would come home and, you know, I would just kind of have been like crying for the last hour, not even being able to like cook dinner. Um, and I think because I never had really dealt with depression or anxiety in a serious way before that I was just, you know, I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, as most people I'm sure feel. So yes, I definitely was like this, this can't be right. Well, I like the point that you brought up about shame. Um, I, because I hear it so much. Sure. And I also can 
can can imagine that when you are having a great experience with Winnie, you love your babies, and then you're feeling like, oh my gosh, this is just, I can't. Um, it's a complete disconnect from who you are and what you are envisioning things to have been. Yeah. So um, I'm glad that it sounds like things got a little bit better after some time of not feeling great. What do you attribute that improvement in terms of mood to to, to. Yeah, I think I just kind of told myself, you know, having these um, feelings after having a baby was normal. Um, you know, I did have some knowledge of, you know, how hormones can play tricks um, on your mind easily, whether you've, you know, dealt with, you know, these things before or not dealt with them. And so I just kind of reminded myself, you know, I'm feeling this way now, but I know it's not going to last forever. Um, and I just, I really do consider myself lucky because, it lasted for maybe about six weeks to eight weeks. And then um, I feel like the the fog and the depression and the, you know, intrusive thoughts kind of started to lift. Um, yeah. And of course, I was, you know, so thankful for that. Yeah. And I think one of the things that can happen when we're sleep deprived in the perinatal period, oh, yeah. having hormone yeah. changes is that our actually our heads can play tricks on us and your head in that moment was actually not playing tricks on you because you had um, some, what sounds like really healthy mantras sure. going on where you were having uh, thoughts like, this is not going to last forever. Uh, it's going to get better um, going through you. And that probably really impacted your hope and optimism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew, uh, you know, like you said, the sleep being sleep deprived. It's like, if you're feeling any emotion on top of being sleep deprived, it's totally. just so hard. And I think at that point, you know, we tried to get some better sleep routines under our belts um, and stuff like that took, you know, more shifts and definitely spoke up for like, Hey, I need a nap today instead of like trying to clean the house or whatnot. Um, and so I'm sure yeah. little things like that. Yeah. And then I'm hearing you talk about making food. Um, <laughs> I, all this cooking that you're speaking of. Wow. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you were really working on prioritizing self-care and that might have helped a bit as well. Yeah. Um, yep. And again, it was just totally different since, you know, with Tanner that I didn't have those experiences, but I had to learn for myself. Um after having Winnie that I needed more self-care. Yeah, I think uh, that is quite important. And part of the reason that I did create a lot of what I'm working on right Absolutely. now, because I think you are not alone in that, uh, in that prioritizing self-care took a little bit of work. Yep. Um, so let's shift over to your wild man. Okay. Um, so let's hear a little bit about your experience with McRae. Okay. So with McRae, I was smart and I finally switched providers to a more um, gentle, um, I guess you could say holistic type of practice um, where, I, again, I was going to try for a VBAC. Um, spoiler alert, it didn't happen. <laughs> but I tried. And so they were super supportive. Um, I thought one thing that was really cool about the practice is they didn't send me to a high risk, um, even though I had two prior kind of red flags um, and C-sections. They felt like, no, you're healthy. Um, you know, we don't need, you know, to have more eyes on you. And they kept, um, you know, a good eye on me. So mm-hmm. um he was a surprise gender, which was really fun. Um, I had one of each and I had a lot of people just saying like, you know what, don't find out. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try to be strong. And I did not. It was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really fun. So we did not know um, McCray was a boy. And, um, you know, I had never gone into labor. And so I didn't know what that looked like, mm-hmm. but they were willing to let me go to 42 weeks. So you know, I think around 38 weeks, 39 weeks, I let them check me, you know, 
hoping, praying, keeping all fingers crossed that I would, you know, have some sort of sign that my body was going to go into labor. And every week they checked me and it did not. So there I was 42 weeks. I told you the story. I drank uh, some castor oil. Doing um, all the things. Yep. Under supervision of a doula who was so sweet to, uh, talk me through how to do that. Um, but I did feel some contractions, mm-hmm. even though it did not send me straight into labor. And uh, I was excited about that because mm-hmm. I just wanted to know, um, you know, what that felt like since I kind of always was that person who, you know, was like, our bodies are made to do this. Um, and yeah, so but again, I made it to the hospital at 42 weeks. Um, they 42 liter- weeks. 42 weeks. They literally checked me in the hospital. It, it may have been like two days before 42 weeks, but um, they were going to try to place like a Foley bulb or something in me if I was at all um, dilated, but I was not. So mm-hmm. I arrived to the hospital. Um, my time to arrive kept getting pushed back. So by the time I actually got there, it was about 7 p.m. And then I was wheeled into the OR around 10 p.m. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then um, McCray was born and it was kind of fun after, you know, having the letdown of not having the VBAC was not happening. I was like, okay, when the baby comes out, I want to announce the gender. Ah. And so, you know, the doula told the doctors and they were all very kind and supportive about it. So they pulled the baby out and they held him up over the clear drape, mm-hmm. saw his penis. <laughs> And the I was like, it's history. a boy. Yep. And there was McCray. <laughs> oh, well, you have mentioned um, the doula yeah. now. And mm-hmm. this is the first time I'm hearing that in, yes. of the three pregnancies and deliveries. Um, tell me a bit about what uh, inspired that choice. Sure. Um, so after I switched to the practice, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to get as many hands on deck to help me advocate for what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was a plethora of knowledge, the doula. Um, and you know, when it came down to knowing I was having the C-section, I was thinking, oh, I don't even need the doula because I've already had two C-sections. And even in that moment, Jason and I still talk about how helpful she was. Um, She had delivered so many babies at that hospital and worked with the nurses and doctors. So everybody knows her. um, And she still made us feel so much at ease, even though we already knew, you know, what C-section looked like. So I do recommend, um, you know, if a doula is in your budget for anybody to have one because she just, you know, such an advocate for us and, you know, she got us whatever we needed, um, you know, and just kind of, you know, reminded me how it would go and just really help calm my nerves. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think even when you have a support person, partner, family member, uh, that's nice. Yep. But then like you're describing a person who knows the system, who's done this before, who knows what's normal, what's not. It's very reassuring to have that person just be another set of eyes and ears and just to be another presence to give you support. Yeah. So I'm so glad you Absolutely. had that. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I would definitely do it do, every time if I could. Yeah. I, I, I've said this multiple times. That's my one of my hindsight moments. Um, also, um, thinking about the postpartum period how there are postpartum doulas oh, out yeah. there now. Oh, yeah. uh, that's just a really another cool. Such a cool tool. Yeah. Um, so you come home, you are now a mom of three mom children. Of three. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like with McRae bringing him into the fold? Well, knowing how I struggled a little bit with Winnie, not a little bit, how I struggled with Winnie, mm-hmm. I was fully prepared to ask for help this time. Mm. Um, and knowing that if I did have any of those feelings, um, that, you know, they, they would go away eventually. Um, and again, I was just thankful that it didn't happen the third time around. Um, and it was definitely a lot smoother, um, 
of a transition. Yeah. And so looking back over the course of these three pregnancies, these three deliveries, um, and these three at-home experiences, you are now a professional. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm wondering what you have taken away. Um, You've mentioned this a few times, but what are a couple things that you say, gosh, with hindsight, I would have done this differently, or I wish I'd known this. What do you, what, what, what stands out for you? I think asking for help um, and taking time for myself would be the biggest things. Um, I probably did not really step away from like the kids for an afternoon until, I mean, like Winnie was born. I can't even remember doing a lot for myself when Tanner was born, which, you know, is fine because I think he's the first baby and I was excited and he was a pretty easy newborn and and Mm -hmm. infant. So he could go places with us. But, um, you know, as soon as I had two, I needed more space and I needed some time to feel like myself again. And so it was probably when Winnie was around like six months that I started exercising again a lot, um, Mm -hmm. which just gave me, you know, so much more, I mean, a total overall mental health, um, win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd load both the babies up in my double stroller uh-huh. <laughs> and we would run around the block. Um, and so that was one huge thing I started doing for myself. But, you know, and date nights, um, you know, Jason and I didn't have a date night for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after somebody has a baby now, I'm always offering them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll watch the baby, you know, just drop them off. Um, and, you know, sometimes you don't need it right away, but you know, eventually it's just so nice to be able to do things without a child around. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Those are really good points. I think being able to advocate for support, um, being able to step away when you're ready, being able to move. That's my favorite. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And being able to have time with people who are not under the age of probably at that time, um, I don't even know. I can't do the math. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so those are all really good um, ideas and thoughts on on your part. Um, anything I didn't ask you that feels like would be helpful to share? Um, I think just probably finding a really close mom friend, if you can, when you do have an infant is going to be key. Mm-hmm. I know one thing that has brought me um, a lot of, what's the right word? Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, is being able and, and to be open with somebody else who's going through the same exact things. Um, and whether you're struggling or not in motherhood, it's just nice to be like, oh my gosh, these kids are driving me crazy today. Mm-hmm. And somebody's going through the same exact thing. Right. And they're like, oh, I totally know. I already cleaned up crayon, you know, off the wall like I did this morning because <laughs> that actually happened today. <laughs> um, and, you know, just don't underestimate how important that is to find friends. Um, and other mothers, really, they're, it's a support system that it just, you know, it's so valuable. Very good point. Well, thank yeah. you for walking through your pregnancy. Thank you for listening. <laughs> this was fun. Thanks, Danny. No problem. Thank you.